Welcome to the special edition of City Connections. City Connections is brought to you by the City of Great Falls. We'll discuss the inner workings of your local government. Today, we're going to be discussing the public safety levy, and I would like to welcome my guests who are joining me. It would be our city manager, Greg Doyen, Captain Otto from the police department, Jeremy Jones, chief of the fire department, and David Dennis, who is our city attorney. Greg, we'll go ahead and kick off the conversation with you. If you would give us an overview of the public safety and bond, then we'll kick into um, talking about what the department needs are and what they're asking. But um, can you, you know, just begin with what's being proposed sure. on the November ballot? I'll give you a brief overview and thanks for having us. Um, as the public knows, the commission has authorized a public safety levy and a public safety bond to be um, uh, offered to the voters for, for consideration uh, during this upcoming election. So there's actually two questions that the voters will be uh, contemplating. The first one is an operations levy. And it's a little less than $11 million, 10.7 to be exact, but it's to fund four different departments uh, of city operations as it relates to public safety. There's the fire department, the police department, uh, municipal court, and also the legal department, which you'll hear from in, in more detail. Uh, it's a permanent levy, uh, so the levy will be in place uh, forevermore if the voters choose uh, to adopt it, but it will provide them additional funds uh, for staff, uh, for training, uh, for uh, smaller pieces of equipment, and so forth. The bond is uh, a different question, and it's for a fixed period of time. And uh, the total amount of the bond request is about $21 million. That will go to um, construct a new fire uh, station and uh, also uh, to uh, provide needed equipment to the fire department as well that uh, has been uh, delayed and uh, not uh, basically kept in the rotation, so to speak. The police department has a request in there as well uh, to do a renovation uh, at the station. Uh, if the levy passes and they have additional personnel, they're going to need the appropriate space to accommodate them. And then there's a small allocation uh, in there for the legal department to assist with renovating for additional office space as well uh, in this building. And again, that ask is about $21 million. And I suspect what will happen over time is that uh, this will be incrementally um, uh, put into a, a bond. So um, it's going to take a little time to put these items, if it's approved by the voters, out to bid, and then we'll probably uh, finance it in uh, different segments up to the amount that was authorized uh, by the voters. Thank you, Greg. Um, now we'll focus on the individual departments. Uh, for each of the departments, I'll pose the same question. What is your department asking for and why is it needed? Um, Chief Jones, would you share with us why, what your needs are and what you're asking for? So when it comes to the mill levy bond, there's three major areas that we're focusing on. And those areas are to address what we've seen in our ISO regression during our last audit. And also challenges we see daily um, trying to respond and provide a safe, effective workforce. The first area is our personnel. We are monitored by two industry standards or best practices within the industry and that's the National Fire Protection Association and the Insurance Services Office. The National Fire Protection Association states that for a 2,000 single family, single floor home, we should be sending 17 firefighters, including an aerial truck. Um, today, the best we can do is 13 firefighters on any given day. 
So we're talking just a normal home, right? We're not talking a garden style apartment. We're not talking a commercial or industrial type building or anything like that. The other area that we're affected because of that is really we leave nothing in reserve. So because we're only staffing 13 daily, when we have a working fire, we're sending everything that's staffed in the city to that working fire to be able to mitigate that with an effective response that we can. Um, the, the challenges there are when that next call comes in, whether it's another fire or someone in cardiac arrest or a child not breathing, we have nothing left in reserves to send to that. Um, and what happens is we end up stripping resources from you know, the first emergency. We do rely heavily on our mutual aid agreements with Mang and Malmstrom fire departments, but there is a time constraint there. And those, and they have a mission that they need to be there for as well. So that's really the first thing. The second thing is our station deployment, or in other words, how many stations and where they located throughout the city. The four fire stations we operate out of today were put in their geographical place based off a 1969 study, right? Um, the geographical footprint in the community was different back then. Um, in fact, in 1970, we covered, or excuse me, 1972, we covered 15 square miles was our protection district. Today, we're covering 27 square miles. Um, in 1972, we had 103 personnel. Today, we have 71 personnel. So even though our calls for service, our geographical footprint has expanded, and everything continues to rise, we've seen a reduction in resources being available to respond to these types of emergencies. In fact, 41% of the current city property, city limits property, is outside what we call an effective response time. Um, NFPA and ISO measures response time to determine what your ratings and where your score should be. An effective response time is from the time we leave the fire station until we arrive at your door that travel time should be no more than four minutes. Okay, So that 41% is outside that four minute response time. Insurance Services Office, which is um, the grandfather to what insurance companies set your homeowners policies on, they provide a rating, a one being the best and a 10 being the worst. Okay, We recently just got audited two and a half years ago and we regressed, or in other words, we got a worse score. So we went from a two to a three. What that correlates to is we are growing our boundaries and we're not protecting them adequately. Upon working with uh, the ISO personnel, they basically stated that if we do not begin to start addressing our lack of coverage within our community by building additional fire stations, by adding personnel and resources, to the mix, we will continue to regress every time we get audited. And we get audited every five years. So we're coming up again in the near future. The last area that we really need to address is our buildings and equipment. And Greg kind of hit on it earlier. We're, we're still running some of our hose and equipment on the trucks that was from the 70s. Um, the current four fire stations have been in operation since I think the last one came on in 1971 online and they've run 24 7 365 since then so we're talking 50 plus years of constant hard use they get lived in we drive trucks right through the middle of them um, we've been able with the help of the city manager and the commission to allow some arpa funds to address our heating systems within the stations to keep them viable but really they're starting the infrastructures are starting to crumble the facades are starting to crumble we have bricks falling off and falling into our parking lots. 
and and we really need to make them serviceable for the foreseeable future. So as we begin, so if we're successful in the bond and we're able to build a fifth fire station, there's $10 million allocated towards the building. If there's anything left over, over the cost of building station five, we're gonna invest that back into the current four facilities to try to extend the service life of them. And that's really the three areas when we went through our ISO regression that we really got a bad score on was um, lack of fire stations, lack of personnel and lack of resources to send at emergencies. So you answered the why we need to put this out for a bond and a levy. Um, what are you asking for specifically? Let me get to my slide deck on that. We are asking for 33 firefighters as part of the mill levy. 32 of them would be on the operations. So there's three divisions within the fire department. There's the operations, which everyone sees every day. They're in the fire trucks running around town, right? And then we have our fire prevention and code enforcement division, which is kind of the people that work behind the scenes. They're really the, the proactive division within the fire service. They address life safety codes, life safety systems, such as sprinklers and alarms, and really try to enforce building and remodel codes to make sure that public spaces are safe for our public to be in. And then we have our emergency preparedness or DES that we um, function for the city to make sure the city's in the best posture forward when we have natural disasters or flooding or events like that to make sure that we are prepared as a community. So as we move forward with a mill levy, we are asking for 33 personnel, 32 will be assigned to the floor. What that will get is if the bond goes through and we build fire station five, that will be staffed 24 seven, 365. To do that, we need at a minimum 12 personnel. So we send three personnel per fire apparatus or fire resource, okay? Um, other areas that we're trying to address or we will address our response times is by staffing additional resources out of our main fire station, which is located at 105 9th Street South. It is still proven to be in the location it should be. Um, it's centrally located within the city, and by staffing additional apparatuses out of that station, we can then feather out into the city to call the duplication of calls. So that's really where we start are starting to see trouble and being thin is by having multiple calls going simultaneously. 50% of the time we have two or more calls going within the city. So when you only have four resources staffed every day, half the time you only have six people to respond if you have a working fire, right? So we're gonna staff the fifth station, we're gonna staff uh, a truck company, dedicated truck company downtown, and then we're gonna staff uh, ambulance with, to be a medical unit that would be dedicated to um, medical, minor medical emergencies, to be able to transport in times of need, and then that way our periphery around the community will stay focused on fire medical response, so no matter what that emergency is, they will be staffed for it. Well, thank you, Jeremy, for sharing an overview of your department needs and how the bond and the levy will, will help address those. Absolutely, thank you, Lenny. Next, I'd like to introduce um, David Dennis. He's our city attorney. And David, I want to pose to you the same question. Um, what are the needs for the legal department and why are you asking for it with the public safety levy? Um, I would say the needs for the legal department are resources. And when I say resources, I literally mean employee hours. Um, 
currently, you know, we have a set of goals in, in the in the prosecution department. Uh, our primary goals are um, deterrence of crime, protection of the public, and then satisfaction for victims, uh, whether that's sense of justice or whether that's restitution. Um, and right now, we don't have the bodies or the hours, okay, those are our resources, is the hour, our prosecutor hours and our support staff hours. We don't have the hours uh, that we need to cover the hours that's required for our caseload to satisfy those goals of deterrence, protection, and um, satisfaction for victims. So in order to be able to meet those goals that we try to meet for the community or that we want to meet for the community, uh, we literally need additional hours. So we need an additional prosecutor and we need an additional su support staff uh, at a minimum. In, in addition to the, the current issues that we're facing with just the one court, uh, coming up in probably a year, we're electing a new municipal court judge and they'll be operating out of the same court for a while, but in the near future, we're gonna be operating two courts. And so that's gonna cause our, our, the resources that we have to be spread between two courts. And that, the, the two court system, it will speed up the process for the courts and for the public, but it's also gonna speed up the process for our prosecutors, which are already overtaxed. Um, and so literally we're looking for uh, additional uh, attorneys uh, or an additional attorney. Uh, and then we try to surround our attorneys with uh, the proper support staff because not, not all the work in our department, in fact, a lot of the work in our department doesn't require an attorney. It requires something less. And we don't want our attorneys actually performing work that, um, that we shouldn't be paying attorneys for, essentially. So question about how does Great Falls compare to other municipalities of the larger municipalities in the state when it comes to staffing? Uh, well, it depends on, on which other municipality you're looking at. If you're looking at Billings, uh, Billings is probably the closest to Great Falls as far as staffing. Uh, Billings uh, currently has roughly 17,000 cases uh, that they citations that they run through their court system right now that run through the prosecutor's office and they have roughly I think 4,000 criminal cases which are the really the, the meat of what we do and um, the biggest part of what we do that takes most of our time um, we also run about 4,000 criminal misdemeanor cases through our system so even though Billings has 17,000 total citations and, and Great Falls has 10,000 the, the caseloads or the actual total number of cases or time devoted to those cases is pretty similar. Um, Billings has twice the number of attorneys that we have. They have twice the number of staff that we have. Missoula is probably the next closest. And Missoula runs, I think, about 3,300 criminal cases through their system. Uh, I think they're roughly around 10,000 citation, total citations as we are. Uh, they also have roughly twice the staff that uh, our department has. We have literally almost two and a half times the caseload per prosecutor that Missoula has. Uh, whereas in Billings, on, on say a typical criminal case, um, we have roughly 
uh, double the caseload that the city of Billings has. And then the other municipalities in the state have lesser caseloads than we do. Okay, so it comes down to you need more staffing to be able to provide the services at the level that the community is expecting. Yeah, that, that's correct. You know, ultimately, we will have to prioritize, as you've heard the fire department talk about, as you've heard the police department talk about, they prioritize um, their, where, what they respond to. Uh, we're gonna have to do that same analysis on prioritization uh, going forward um, if we don't get additional resources. David, I, I have some follow-up questions for you. Um, I wish that you could maybe speak to the municipal court. You know, what their ask is and what they're looking for to accomplish. I know you're two separate departments mm -hmm. and you operate separately, but if you could maybe speak to a little bit as to, you know, what they're asking for and what they need. Sure. When, when you look at the, the pressure that's on our office, the prosecutor's office, that pressure is also on the court system and maybe even more so on the, on the court system because we have one, one judge handling 10 to 11,000 citations per year. Uh, we're about to increase our, our, our judicial system or our municipal court system to a two-judge system um, in order to reduce that workload that's been very heavy and very difficult to deal with. Because of that, um, they're going to need an additional uh, clerk to work with the new judge. Um, in addition, the the court is asking for a a jury coordinator, which is another clerk position, and then a compliance position, which is another clerk position. The the jury clerk position is really important because the the municipal court has had a difficult time impaneling juries, um, and they you know they send out hundreds and hundreds of juror questionnaires and they they don't get many back and then they get even fewer that are showing up for jury duty. Um, the uh, the juror clerk or jury clerk uh, would help to coordinate and make contact with potential jurors and assist in bringing jurors in so that they can impanel juries and um, and that will smoothen the uh, the trial process in the municipal court system. Then finally, the compliance officer, I think, um, is needed to deal with the, this, the thousands, literally, of outstanding warrants uh, that the court has currently that they, they aren't able to deal with. All right, well, thank you for giving that brief overview, even though it's not your department, yeah. but I know you work, like I said, work closely together. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we'll be speaking with um, Captain Otto. Um, Captain Otto, thank you for filling in for Chief Newton. You're welcome. Um, so I'd like to ask you the same question I've asked all of our departments. Um, what is the police department asking for in the public safety levy and why? Well, currently we're asking for an additional 24 officers, uh, 24 police officer positions. Those will be split up into several different areas. Um, it'll, it'll break down to 12 patrol officers. With more patrol officers, you need more supervisors. Uh, there will also be a crisis intervention officer, a HIDA task force officer, which is our drug task force. And then we'll add two general case investigators who do um, you know, general case crimes of thefts, uh, assaults, robberies, things along those lines two school resource officers to bolster our uh, four that are in the schools currently, to bring us to six. 
a uh, Safe Trails Task Force officer, which is also part of a federal task force to um, work on the violent crime side of things. And then a Special Victims Unit investigator, which will add into uh, the already pretty saturated group of uh, um, sex crimes investigators and Special Victims Unit investigators. So that's what we're looking for currently in that. In addition to that, there will be um, other staff that will come in with more staff or with more police officers, you need more staffing with dispatchers. So we'd ask for two dispatchers, uh, a crime intel analyst, which is crucial because there are things that happen in the community that we, if we can look at different maps to be able to show where the crimes are, an intel analyst can give us where these problems are occurring. Uh, an evidence staff position and a record staff position. We generate more, with more officers, you'll generate more property and evidence that's taken in, as well as more paperwork, so that um, we have to have those staffing to be able to handle that piece for us as well. Well, that's what your ask is, mm -hmm. and um, but why, why, why is the need? Why are you asking? So, we're, the, the police department is really a, um, we have a prior, priority matrix we work off of. That priority matrix is based on crime, traffic, and quality of life in those three, um, or in that order of those three. Right now, our officers are in a highly reactive state, and so they're focused on crime and a little bit of traffic, but it's, it's really the crime portion of it. Quality of life things like neighborhood patrols, um, you know, special event type things that people ask for an officer to come and talk, we can't even do those because we just don't have the staffing right now to be able to handle it. Uh, there has been an uptick in crime in, in Great Falls. Uh, the drug activity has been a major problem, which in turn, when you have drug activity, that the crimes, uh, property crimes, assaults, violent crimes, those all increase as well because of the nature of people using drugs. So with all of these different things happening, our officers that we currently have are working as hard as they can to manage, but it's really reactive. Adding those officers and that other staff will assist us to be able to get us to a position where we might be able to focus more now on the traffic uh, portions of it and some of the quality of life things that are there. Captain Otto, thank you for sharing your department needs and what will happen um, if the bond does or doesn't pass. Um, we will continue on to share information. We've got a website that's also built for this, so we'll be sure we get that information out to everyone. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in to this special edition of City Connections. If you want more information on the public safety levy, please visit their website at safetyinthefalls.com. Again, I am your host, Lenny Klasner. Thank you for tuning in to City Connections, and as always, stay connected and informed.